0: This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Grace Brothers Brand Chipolatas. You'll be pleased as punch with our tasty new sausages. Now, kosher for Passover. That's the way to do it. Mr. Brandon, are, are you free? I'm free.
1: Four. Wigs and 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 no I'm Jeff, and I'm Brandon, and this is that does suit, madam, a podcast about. Are being served hello hello, mr. Jeff. Unanimous.
0: hello gladys hello gladys hey. hello unanimous hey mr brandon how are you doing this evening ah
1: good spring has sprung and it's sprung all over the place if you know what i mean oh, i don't my. i don't know what that means so i'm asking do you know well, what and I mean? that's
0: unusual for you isn't it mr. Yeah,
1: brandon? it isn't usual it is it its not its its um we have uh, some some exciting news do we
0: not mr jeff breaking news from the northern mississippi compound um first it has been over 60 degrees for the past two days here in new york city and i've had my windows open for both days and it has been glorious getting fresh air second piece of big news (laughs) vaccines are rolling out hey hey um Earlier this week, uh, President Biden had his State of the Union address here in the states, and he promised that every American would be eligible for the vaccine by May first. So that's really exciting news. Yay
1: vaccines! We like vaccines. So if you uh, <laughs> can you are- say
0: that can you can you say that in your Rocky Horror voice? Yay vaccines!
1: <laughs> Yay vaccines! Mm-hmm. Do I have a voice?
0: Did you? Do you have you never been to audience participation at the Rocky Horror Picture Show?
1: No, I've been oh, to Sound goodness. of Music at the Castro with my mother in San
0: Francisco. <laughs> uh, I think this is way. one of those other things that exposes that ever so slight age gap in between us. I'm I'm anyway. very young. You see? Um, so it, so the. The Rocky Horror Picture Show takes place in the town of Denton, Texas, right? And the audience participation is where you memorize a script and you shout out certain things in response to one of the things, right? In, this is what people did
1: before Facebook, you know. Right. Yeah.
0: And so after the opening theme song, it's an aerial shot of the town of Denton with the big water tower that says Denton. And the first line that the audience says is, Yay, Denton, in the most monotone, flat voice ever. So that's why I was hoping oh. for your... Yay, yay vaccines, vaccines. no anyway.
1: it's more like yay vaccines i've yeah i know a lot of people have gotten vaccinated in new york state it's getting there's more and more people arkansas less which is annoying um but you know once once you get vaccinated you want to get everyone else vaccinated so it's yeah. quite exciting we've been hearing from a lot of fab people on facebook uh thomas alicia mark anthony julie jeff alicia suzanne Robello, ashley um John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? Like, that's a funny name. Um, Who else have been hearing from Mr. Jeff?
0: We got a lovely email from a new listener, Mrs. S, uh, who said that she loves the show, but her hubby doesn't quite understand why. So you found your home with us, Mrs. S. That's great. And divorce courts
1: are open quite often.
0: (laughs) That might be
1: grounds, Mrs. S. Mr. S, are you listening? Maybe you should be listening. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Please don't get divorced because of us.
0: <laughs> and we do have a third piece of uh, special news because we've heard from another Is it another like third piece listener. of chicken
1: like a KFC or <laughs> is that different?
0: Since this one's a little bit different, I don't know how uh, <laughs> this piece of news will feel about being referred to as chicken, but <laughs> let, let's go ahead and find In fried chicken not let's that. Let's go ahead <laughs> and find out. Mr. Kyle, are you free? I am free. Guess who? unanimous. please welcome Superfan Kyle.
1: That's the unanimous. I'm clapping for you all. Welcome aboard, uh, Kyle. Who are you, and why are you interrupting our special podcast here?
2: So it just so happens I was driving through scenic North Mississippi on my way to nowhere, and I passed a grain silo one day with a (laughs) hand-painted billboard on the side that said, call 662 Peacock for a good time. You
1: know, I was out on that damn ladder for a weekend last month, and I'm glad someone's finally taking notice of it
2: <laughs> you must have seen me in my horse and carriage oh wow yes. um, we're a bit behind in Mississippi I don't know what to say to that one
1: <laughs> yeah. you were probably on your way to um, interstate barbecue to get some barbecue perhaps or other mid-south landmarks that I can't think of maybe getting some <laughs> kool-aid pickles
2: yes mm-hmm. or perhaps a hayride or, um, do they have hayrides in Memphis
1: um, so, Mr. <laughs> Kyle, tell tell the unanimous about who you are and why do you like Are You Being Served? It's kind of a weird show.
2: Yeah, so, um, like they said, my name is Kyle, Hi, Kyle. Uh, like you guys said. So, like you, Mr. Brandon, um, I was acquainted with this show at a very young age. Uh, thanks to the local PBS station here in Memphis. Shout out to Hooray, PBS. WKNO, Channel 10, Memphis. Yay. Yes, NPR for the Mid-South. And PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually my grandparents who watched the show. Okay. And this would have been Aww. in the late 90s. Um, nobody had, None of us had cable TV at the time, so it was, yeah. you know, you watch what you get. Um, WKNO alternates and still does with some other shows. Are You Being Served with Keeping Up Appearances? Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, six, seven, eight years old, watching the show. The cash register music is very distinct. Yes. Yep. And, you know, Mrs. Slocum's hair caught my attention, so clearly it was meant to be a funny show. And it
1: it colored Um, your life in ways you did not anticipate, I'm sure, as a little boy to the man you are now.
0: Maybe. (laughs)
2: uh, Something like that. (laughs) As time wore on, my grandparents uh, didn't really watch it anymore, but I continued to watch it because I thought it was funny. And there was a lot of stuff where I knew it was, you know, adult humor. I I knew it was something that I would probably get if I were older. Um... And then as I got older, um, I began to admire, I guess, Mr. Humphreys in some mm-hmm. ways, you know, as somebody who is open and unashamedly himself on the show. You know, granted, we know he's not gay, you know, in
0: quotes, on the right. show,
2: but clearly, clearly, he's not, you know, your average man's man you know, that was typical at the time. A real so he-man. I just
0: continued to watch it. Stay right there, you man. You man. <laughs> if you want a real Cover your your body. he-man.
2: your <laughs> And Kyle's like, I think I do. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I just, I fell in love with it. And a bit of, you know, y'all talked about anglophilia and stuff and admiring the UK. I've always had an interest in... Worldwide cultures and a culture that is English speaking and has a lot of media mm-hmm. over here is obviously something that's you know appealing. So, right, and so I've seen accessible I've the box yeah. set. I've seen probably most of the episodes dozens of times, if not more. Um, I don't like actively watch it anymore, but every now and again, you know, you pull the box. Set it out, lives in your heart. Forth. Yes, it does. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's. It, yes, I will it say does. it is easier to uh, <laughs> get into international cultures that are English-speaking, and I find. It's more difficult to get into cultures that speak languages other than ones I speak, but, you know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, with with, with um, the boom in streaming over the past couple of years, a lot of other shows are either becoming dubbed or subtitled now. Yeah, that's true. So it's a lot easier to make that gateway. You know, there's been a huge, a huge rise in um, dramas hmm. from both Mexico and Spain. Um, Mr. Kyle, what other Britcoms or British shows do you like?
2: Uh, Keeping Up Appearances is one of my favorite. Um, I'm yep. trying to get into uh, Last of the Summer Wine some because that's airing now locally on PBS. Oh, okay. Um, other than that, I haven't really dived into many of the other British media There's a big overlap with the listeners between "Are we being served
1: and keeping up with appearances. And I think we've said a couple times on the show how fun it would be if Mrs. Bouquet walked in and was served by Mrs. Slocum. Like, it would be like an an unstoppable force meeting an unmovable (laughs) object, like a black hole would appear and who knows.
0: I think when we finally have that conference, you'll have to do a little bit of cosplay in that. You'll have to dress up as Mrs. Bouquet
1: Wait a minute. Okay, so at a Star Trek convention or, like, a Star Wars convention, you know they all have, right. like, the st- the lightsabers, right. right? The plastic ones or whatever. And you know they all, like, do the battles. So maybe at our <laughs> Are You Being Served convention, people will dress up as Hyacinth Bouquet, and then they'll meet up with, like, Mrs. Slocum, and they'll have, like, a fight to the death.
0: With what, the telephone?
1: <laughs> uh, the telephone core, yeah. You can get choked <laughs> in her slimline automatic redial. <laughs> With automatic address book, yeah.
2: You know, it's funny. My roommate has also become a fan of the show as a result of me. Uh, he he sometimes describes me as being a sort of a diva. I guess you know. I guess all of us gays are in some way or another. But um, he speak likes for
0: yourself, to... honey. Yeah, <laughs> he likes to
2: describe me as like speak a. Speak for hyacinth... yourself, honey. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to describe me as like a hyacinth bucket Mrs. Slocum hybrid. Sometimes okay and i'm like first of all speak for yourself i you know i'm really not in that way but can you only imagine the beast that that type of character would be mr
1: jeff and i have already had a conference <laughs> prior to recording and we've decided we don't want to get on your bad side so that does kind of you know <laughs> fit personalities i think
0: so um shall we dive in today's episode and uh see what mr Let's kyle has it. to think about it okay great
1: yeah and mr kyle as an official superfan uh guest host if you haven't a thought, just jump in here and, uh, we'll hear what you have to say. So Mr. Jeffrey, why the hell are we listening to this podcast? What, what, are, why are the good unanimous listeners wasting their time listening to the show? What are we going to talk about today?
0: So today we're talking about series seven, episode eight, the punch and Judy affair, which originally premiered on December 26th, 1979. And that week in the news, Knots landing premiered on CBS. Uh, it was a nighttime soap that was a spinoff of Dallas, and it starred Joan Van Ark, Alec Baldwin, Nicolette Sheridan, and Michelle Phillips.
1: Okay, for the young children out there, including our special guest host, <laughs> we have to explain what Dallas is. I remember it as like a wee barn, like a little kid. I remember yep. who shot Jr. and it like being a big deal and my parents thinking, and I was like, oh, no, what happened to Jr.? And they're like, it's just a TV show.
0: <laughs> I was that little. But That's hysterical. It's
1: kind of like it's at the time. It was almost like Coronation Street in the states in the eighties. Like it was that popular. What it say? was
0: that big. Yeah, yeah, it was it was coast to coast, cities and suburbs, north, south, east, west. Uh, everyone was obsessed with finding out who shot Jr. And yeah, I guess they found out, and the the world moved on. <laughs> and then they, they made they not did. Land yeah it. It, it, was a, it was a cliffhanger for one season, so everyone was obsessed with it over the summer. And then when the series returned in the fall, it was revealed who had shot Jr. It was a
1: simpler time. I don't even remember before the who internet. was
0: <laughs> a simpler time, right? <laughs> um, also, that week in the news, the Winterland Rock Concert Hall in San Francisco closed okay. after 556 concerts. It was eventually raised in 1985 and replaced by, you guessed it, a luxury
1: apartment building.
0: Yay! Yeah. Okay, well those
1: are two positive. I like how Mr. Jeff you've you've, you've taken us down the spectrum from um, famine and war and pillage. and, and locust right. swarms plagues, plagues. to you know light airy uh spin-off shows of Dallas. I like it.
0: I guess it's that boost of optimism that I got with the vaccines. Yeah, so. and you know we 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 listen to you
1: unanimous uh Bags and bags of mail. Remember the scene from it's, uh, *It's a Wonderful Life* when they bring the bags and bags of mail into the courthouse for mm-hmm. Santa Claus. We got those. saying... No,
0: uh, but <laughs> that was *Miracle on 34th Street*, not *It's a Wonderful Life*.
1: Wow! Come Damn, on. you're right, but
0: uh, nonetheless, we, we got the letters. Wrong you know, Christmas animals. show. We want
1: positive week, uh, uh, that week in the news stories, and we listened. So. There we go.
0: So, unanimous, we hope you that you will listen to us when we plainly plead with you to please wash a mask. Nope. <laughs> to please wear a mask, wash your hands, and Black, Black, Lives, Black Matter. Lives Matter. And you
1: can wash your masks if you want to, but wear them <laughs> yeah, again when they're
0: dry. Yeah, you should, you should wash your mask every once and in
1: should, a while. And should we do a new one? Maybe this is the first episode where we add uh, Black Lives Matter, wear a mask to get vaccinated
2: get vaccinated if you're um, able
0: yeah if you're able right because first of all there you know there are some people who aren't able to get vaccinated and there are people who aren't eligible yet so um maybe we hold off on that asterisk if you can until until meg yeah so cool all right.
1: um all right so we opened the episode what's in store for us today mr jeff
0: so the cleaners are on strike, right? We've talked about in previous episodes how this is the Thatcher era. Strike, she ran strike, strike. on a platform of getting rid of all the strikes, but she hadn't been successful yet because everyone is still on strike, right? Yeah. This week the cleaners are on strike, and now the staff has to replace them. They have to clean up after themselves on their department. I guess because they got such good practice um, replacing the canteen staff <laughs> that young Mr. Gray says they could they could do it all, right? Right. And he's not going to pay so, other
1: people, and he's not going to d- go to the demands of the Forest Cleaning Union. So,
0: No, not at all, right? <laughs> so Mr. Captain Peacock enters with a push broom. Mr. Harmon, I'm sorry, Mr. Goldberg is dressed like Mr. Harmon with the brown overcoat. And the ladies are dressed like Daphne and Ivy with the yellow smocks and their hair in a mm-hmm. kerchief. And so is Mr. Humphreys, right? Because <laughs> his hair is still in curlers. He washed it and he couldn't blow dry it this morning.
1: So cute. My grandmother used to have like those little curler things. And they're not curlers, but they're like, God, almost like, it's, I, if I knew the right word, it's almost like little tongs, but for your hair to keep it flat as it dries. Yeah. My grandmother used to have them. But yeah, it was cute that he walked in and he wanted to keep his hat on. That was Wasn't it pink?
0: Yeah, he had like a pink kerchief on. And of course, Mister
1: hum- uh, Captain Peacock gave him hell for it. Right. I thought it was quite funny. Fitch- um,
2: I just want to say I've only seen this a few times, but this is one of my favorite Mister Humphrey's entrances. <laughs> just with the whole scene with the hair, <laughs> I think it's
0: excellent. Yeah. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of nice entrances because he's got three costumes in this episode, right? And we're, we'll hit on each of them. So right. you know, no spoiler alerts until we get there, <laughs> folks. True. Um, sure. So, while the ladies are hoovering up the stairs, Captain Peacock is trying to look up Mrs. Silkum's dress (gasps) while he's using the push sweeper. Captain Peacock. How dirty, how dirty of a lech do you have to be... How dare you? ...to go for, like, that low of a blow, right? You know, it's like, I feel like it's one thing when he's pursuing people with his blow tickler at the Christmas party. I mean, who hasn't? Right. But, like trying to get an upskirt view come on you're better than that peacock oh gosh uh, Mr. Lucas is late as natural uh, and it's because the cleaners the cleaners union outside they they held him up because he was breaking the picket line uh, they wrote on his shirt tails and lipstick scab which is someone who is a strike breaker so or when I was a uh, kid I lines.
1: did not know what that was and of course I think a okay. lot is because this is an adult show when I was like 12 13 Or six or seven like Kyle. (laughs) Um, A lot of things about being an adult I just didn't get. So could you, like, in 20 words or less, explain, like, what does it mean to cross a picket line and what is a scab? Because some people might not know that.
0: Sure thing, Mr. Brandon. So the idea of a union is that you're all in it together and you have to collectively organize and collectively make decisions. So if one person or a few people breaks from that, it weakens the argument of the union and weakens their strength. Right. So if people are out on strike and someone from the company chooses to go in and work and not go on strike with their fellow union workers, they're called either a strike or a scab.
1: So they're, like, basically weakening the union because... Weak
0: as water, Weak as water. A whole Walter. lot of
1: you. Yeah. Okay.
0: So Mr. Harmon brings in the center display unit, and it is from the Bikey Briefs Corporation. Ooh. Um, it's a cycle, pair of cycling shorts with a long-life gusset.
1: Yawn. Ugh. All I'm going to say about this whole thing, it was a yawn. Uh, I wonder if the person who used to make the CPUs was on holiday that week at BBC.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, It's the woman cycling for an arguably long time, and then all of a sudden her rear starts smoking and exploding in sparks. Boo! Boring. It
2: was very... And it looked like the film was sped up. It was one of the least exciting, really, props that I ever, you know... from the rest of the show. Like I think it, the rest of them put it to shame, which is disappointing, but you know. You can't win I them think all. this
0: is good foreshadowing for series eight, nine, and ten, because now, you know, we're out of the we're getting out of the golden era. And we're getting into um some meh episodes. Now, that being said, we How still How dare you, Mr. Jeff. We still have In front
1: of Mr. Kyle.
0: We still have a, a ton of <laughs> good agree. ones to go, right? We have um the 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 one the mob episode oh with italian God. tony right Gold. that's still coming up and that's one of the that's one of the better ones
2: you're gonna laugh that's one of my like that could be top three or four. Oh, for me. is it I think. okay yeah,
0: um, And then we also have the one a uh, closed circuit where they're gambling and, and Mr. Humphreys has to pantomime the results of the horse race. You know? <laughs> so we do have a couple of funny ones coming up, but you know, you're right that this, this center display unit prop was, was mm, thumbs down.
1: And of course, you have to remember, this is what, 45 years ago or whatever. We, I always go to that. But, you know, back then, maybe speeding up the tape or speeding up the film for something yeah. on broadcast wasn't seen as extremely hokey. But nowadays, it's like, yeah. really?
0: It was, it was clever, right? Yeah. We, we cut to Rumble's office, and he announces that the strike is over. But there's some bad blood because the ladies in Jets Department crossed the picket line. They didn't go out in sympathy with the, um, cl- with the cleaning staff. So, young Mr. Grace wants to restore the happy family atmosphere and he asks the ladies and gents to throw a children's party for the staff.
1: Of course. I mean... Of course he does. It's not right? deus ex machina, but it's just like, okay, we want him to do Punch and Judy. So how can they do that?
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. How can we set it up so they have to do a Punch and Judy show, uh, right? And so uh, Mr. Rumble starts suggesting some of the children's party games that they might put play on. Uh, Ring of Roses, Oranges and Lemons, or Pin the Tail on the Donkey. So I had never heard of Orange and Oranges and Lemons before. Um, Kyle, did you, did you pick up on that? Do you know what that is?
2: I had no idea what that is, and you know, I was just thinking they put the most. I mean, sorry, Mister Rumble. They put the most. The last person I would put in charge of the children's <laughs> exactly. party. In charge <laughs> of the children's
0: party. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Ring of Roses, like you know, okay. This isn't the 1800s, right? Well,
0: but the, that's exactly what it is. You know, "Oranges and Lemons" is an English nursery rhyme that um, comes from the you know the Victorian era, and the game that you play with it is similar to London Bridge, right? You've got two children who like hold hands, and everyone passes under them, and then at some point in the song, you trap someone in them. What in between, fun! Right? Okay, right. I also what gay times? I
1: love how was it? Is it this scene or later where someone says, Ding. "Yeah." <laughs> where, someone says something times. like, "Oh, the children they want blumange and blah blah blah." That's
0: smoke that's seven, coming right like up. It's is. coming spoilers, right up. Spoilers. Okay. We'll get we'll get into blumange in a minute. I have questions, Mr. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, down in the canteen, um, Dana Yarborough makes another appearance Yay, our as favorite the canteen manageress. And she is throwing the food around. <laughs> like she, she, you could have put it on a discus and like or a frisbee. Isn't it Yardswick? Oh, it might be Yardwick. I think it's Ooh, Diane oh, might be Kyle, right. Someone's done his, his homework place. indeed, right?
2: She's one of my favorite uh, Staff members on the show. I love every scene she's yeah. in, and I'm sad she won't speak to us anymore. Yeah. Now that she is well, ashamed of it
1: the show, whatever. very good. I love that gay men just think she's the greatest. I mean, Cruella Deville, the manageress,
2: <laughs>
0: and I mean, Ursula. A bitch with the drug problem, and you'll be anybody's. <laughs> yeah, right. Patsy Stone. Patsy right. St- yes, exactly. exactly.
2: Yes, Jessica Lang from any show. True. There you go. There There's go. a podcast so, you can um, start. <laughs>
0: So we see yes. what the, uh, the, ca- uh, the cast had for lunch today. Miss Brahms had a boiled egg and herring, but it was all boiled egg. Uh, mm. Mr. Humphreys ordered a spaghetti bolognese, which she pronounces bollock-nazy. <laughs> bollock-nazy. <Bolognese. And laughs> skipping ahead, I think that uh, John Inman does the worst possible thing he possibly could for British culture oh, no. by putting ketchup on his spaghetti. <gasps> like come on so that's
2: something i've always wondered you know they, they call it tomato sauce and they're putting it on their spaghetti and like is that the same ketchup that i we think have it's over less here? sweet or is it Isn't less it sweet? sweet much
1: more savory instead of sweet like like heinz or something
2: well, I Because, mean, you know, I'm half Italian. That is, you know, I wanted to throw the plate <laughs> off the table yeah. at that
0: point. No, it, it's. So their ketchup, what they call tomato sauce, is what we call ketchup. But everything over there is less sweet. Like, it's not that the tomato sauce is, like, right. you know. Is that why Americans say they, they don't ketchup? like
1: um, British food? Because it's not like
2: liquid sugar everywhere.
0: <laughs> well, no. They don't like British food because generally it's gross. Well, it used to be gross before. Um, the cultural revolution of the arts right
2: thanks fanny craddock <laughs> very nice very nice there we go look her up on google people have y'all seen any of her Oh, name? absolutely. She is you a... know what
1: the gate of she's bad. another she add fanny Craddick, she's another one patsy you know. stone you know all these people right, uh, the like, manageress
0: like forget forget nigella lawson she's just too nice and like too sexual
1: <laughs> yes right? um, also the granny from downton abbey
0: Oh, uh, uh, yes. uh, the um, yes. the dowager right, duchess, whatever. The, yes. the dowager, right? The dowager duchess, right? <laughs> the dowager duchess, um, the Duchess of Slocum. No, okay. Ooh, <laughs> Mr. Goldberg had a minute steak, which she called a minute steak, and she throws it at him. I guess she didn't get the job at Lally and Willits because she was his best friend last episode, and she's mad at him now. Right? Well,
1: maybe they ended up suing him, and then he lost everything. Oh, you that's see. true.
0: Well, I pay attention too sometimes. Uh, Cam Peacock had the rizzle, and Mrs. Silkum had the pasty.
1: I love how she said rizzle, and of course that's like a <laughs> <Right>. huge insult. <laughs> right. And then they said, "Oh, it's the other way around." So then she grabs the fucking food off
0: the plate By her with hands. Hands. By her bare hands. Dance. That
1: just made me cackle like a banshee. I thought that was so funny because she was—it's such a rude thing to do. And she, like, as she goes on in the scene, she gets meaner and meaner and worse. And then she, like, picks up the food. It's so bad.
0: (laughs) Mr. Kyle, what would you have ordered for lunch in the canteen that day?
2: You know, none of it looks particularly (laughs) appealing. I might try the toad in the hole. um, But not with her poisoned finger. Or maybe the you know I'm curious to see the 1970s British version of spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> I can only imagine what it. Was if it like.
0: requires ketchup to be put on it, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
2: Exactly, it probably wasn't. It's very probably
0: good. just the same. The shepherd's pie over spaghetti is really what it is. From Monday <laughs> last week or something. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
2: Or the Lancashire um, hot pot that's two exactly. weeks old. Maybe I would try I'm that. Getting I'm hungry. Okay. Sure. Fresh, Topic change. I'm getting old. hungry.
0: <laughs> so they start talking about what they should do for the children's party and mrs slocum bemoans that she hasn't been to a child's party since her fifth birthday and mr <laughs> lucas comments oh was that for the relief of mafeking and so the gets you know it gets a little bit of a laugh so
1: i don't know anyone familiar
0: means. with yeah right okay so uh, mafeking is a town in south africa right on the border with Botswana. And in the year 1900, the son of the Prime Minister was trapped there during a battle during the Second Boer War, where the, the the Afrikaners and the English were fighting for control over South Africa. You
1: know, just the other day, I was thinking, what year was the Battle <laughs> of the Second
0: Boer War? I was trying to remember. And now I do, so thank you. There you go. And this is where <laughs> Captain Peacock starts talking about what children like at parties. You know, they like to have their tea with some blancmange and... Golden, uh, Mr. Goldberg interrupts, no, they want savories and smoked salmon now. Like, the kids are all posh. Um, Mr. Brandon, from your time in the UK, did you ever have blancmange? No, it's funny. I,
1: I was just trying to think of, like, what does the word blancmange? For some reason, I think of a blouse, because blah, blancmange. And then I think mm-hmm. of cleavage, blancmange. <laughs> so I'm picturing, like, a woman's breast as somehow a dessert. So I'm... I don't
0: know. I I did not that's, is the short That's answer. quite a stretch. That's quite a stretch. Um, <laughs> so Blamange is uh from the French words for uh eat white, and it's a dessert that's made out of almond and milk. So it's kind of gelatinous, looks like the shape of flan, uh probably less custardy so it's almost like uh, canicosa, and it's just maybe? pure white. Or less uh, it yeah. delicious. So, uh, more gelatinous than panna Sounds very British. Yeah. Hmm. Very, very British, right? Almonds, milk, sugar, real costa sugar. Right? And monosodium glutamate.
1: <laughs> um, it's interesting, though, because they say, oh, they want savories, which, of course, makes me think of, like, the high tea, where you have, like, a right. tiered thing, and you have, like, scones. Cucumber and sandwiches. Clotted cream and all of that. And, but... Yeah, I don't know. We we just want like yeah. little Debbie now, right? Or right. Mr. Kipling's jelly babies, Cherry, cherry uh, Bakewells.
0: They uh, Miss Broms gets the idea that they should act out a fairy tale, and so they're, they're trying to pick which one to do. But all fairy tales that they think of have really terrible endings. <laughs> and they probably right?
1: all are really
0: <laughs> right. Like Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves. Um, Ali Baba boils them in oil. That's pretty gruesome. That's horrific.
2: Love Little that. Red
0: Riding Hood. Oh, it's got cannibalism, trisvesticism, and Meals on Wheels. <laughs> it's a positive <laughs> this gets a twist. big laugh so, in the audience.
2: I just want to say this was a big episode for Mr. Lucas, it seemed like. Like, he got a lot of really good, like, one-liners in this one. More whoever, than I'm used to. Like, I know he You're right. Whoever that, plays
1: but. Punch later in the episode, like, that is the role of a lifetime. That's
0: the key role. Exactly, right? Yeah. And it is one of his last episodes. I it's believe it's his. Ve- it? It's his very last episode. Oh. Maybe that's why wow. I don't know. I didn't realize yeah. that. Um, and they finally decide on Punch and Judy, and so, uh, Mister Brandon, do you want to uh, do you want to tease the stat uh, the unanimous with what Punch and Judy is before we head on down for a tea break?
1: Um, my God, I think so much could be said about Punch and Judy um as mr Humphreys, uh, the director lets us know which is so nice of him it's been around since the 11th century i didn't do a lot of digging into the history of it but i know uh when we talked about polari um mm-hmm. which we've talked about several times on the episode um we always mentioned punch and judy so punch and judy has been around for ages uh it i think started in italy uh if you mm-hmm. remember the the generation the genesis of polari it came from like a mixture of languages Yiddish and, um, Romany languages and Italian and and English and German, I think. Um, so as this kind of performative art of basically a puppet show, but back then when there Mm -hmm. was no media at all, um, you would take what you can get. (laughs) So you'd be at a, at a fair or whatever, and they'd have this funny little puppet show and it became a very British cultural thing. Um, yeah. which used Polari, and it still they still use Polari. So even as culture has come and evolved, um, you still have that super old-fashioned language, Polari, uh, which just fascinates the shit out of me for some reason. Um, <laughs> but I think, I, I hope in Britain it's still really revered. Is not quite Shakespearean as, like, super highbrow, but, like, especially with that, what's cool about the show, I think they really try to take, like, classic bits of British culture and hold them yeah. up to a, on a pedestal and say we do this thing in Britain we're going to love it and right. we're going to share it with our with our with our
0: community you know that's yeah exactly yeah that's exactly right Punch and Judy is uniquely British just like it's it's a form of panto right and so I think that this is one of those things that anyone who grew up in Britain or has uh, a dose of Anglophilia will be able to recognize as uh, as a trope.
1: Do you think there's something that is the closest American version to something of that level we have here? That's a good question. Well,
0: that's a really good question, right? So so Punch and Judy shows are generally done, like, on a seaside resort. Like, you'll do it, see it on a boardwalk. You'll see the stage set up. Um, uh, something so, even on uh, television, or I don't know. I don't know, because... Bewitched? I mean Bewitched? <laughs> Not really because I mean Jerk. every pun, every punch in bewitch. It's <laughs> like every well, punch and Judy uh, story. Uh, the episode with Paul Lind really did get into Lucy, the zeitgeist. Right? <laughs> um there there's stock characters that are always there right? you know they, it's to the fact where they don't even have to have scripts they all know the story and they can yeah. ad lib the entire thing. So but we don't have that kind of thing where you'd see random street side Puppet shows or children's performances. I want to say um,
1: almost now, something that has the impact of it is similar. I, I almost want to thank Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Like, th- there's no set thing that people say. We just like the characters oh, for who they true. are. And okay. I, I think Mickey Mouse is a worldwide thing, but maybe Punch and Judy is not that popular anymore. But it would be cool. Like, let us know, listeners, if you are from the UK, like, I understand, like it was a big thing in the past. Has it maintained that cultural significance? That I hope it has. So let us know, like write out, write to us and say, and let us know if, if Punch and Judy is still a thing or if it's kind of like, yeah, my grand gran used to love Punch and Judy. Hopefully it's still a Nan. thing, and hopefully it's not the gran from uh, Little Britain that you <laughs> you have as your grandmother.
0: Why don't we head on down to the canteen for a tea break and take uh, Mr. Kyle to see what the... uh,
1: It's good to order quick because the manageress will be pissed off. So do you know what you might
2: want to get? I wonder if I could get a nice spot of Earl Grey and some spaghetti bolognese. I'll get my usual fairy cakes. (laughs) So there we go. We'll be right back. And a spot of crumpet, yes. (laughs) Oh, of course you'd say that.
1: We'll be right back after a quick on nip down to the canteen. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous?
0: Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth. Worry no more. Visit our That Does Suit Madam online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own, that does suit, madam, official tote bag. And <laughs> handbag! Or an official podcast sofa pillow. Perfect for hiding your Paddington bear.
1: We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup.
0: And of course, t-shirts.
1: But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear.
0: Support your favorite podcast with some that does not madam merch.
1: All at I'mfree.threadless.com.
0: I'mfree.threadless.com. And, and you've, you've all, all done, done very well. well. So, Mr. Kyle, I hope that our canteen manageress in northern Mississippi was a little bit easier on you than Diana Yardwick was. Uh, did you come out unscathed?
2: <laughs> I did. It was quite delicious. Um, there were bell peppers in the spaghetti sauce, which goes against <laughs> my culture. But we're in the south, so you learn to let things And it's unusual. Fly. Usually so you have nice.
1: a scathe here and there, don't you, Mr. Kyle?
2: <laughs> yes, especially down here. Um, <laughs> Especially in northern Mississippi, it happens quite often. <laughs> oh, gosh. But otherwise, it was delicious. There was no Earl Grey. I had to settle for Louisiana sweet mm. tea oh. poured from a pitcher. Um, and now I'm having a sugar crash, and I'm going to have to take a nap okay. shortly. Well, but we better
1: hurry up so you can take a nap. That's the way it happens. Where were yeah. we
2: in the show, Mr. Jeffrey?
0: So we cut back to the floor, and Mr. Humphreys is in costume number two of the day. I know. Uh, He's wearing his director's vest and knickerbockers. <laughs> And his sweater vest is custom made. He's got W C on the front. Oh my god, which stands for Wilberforce Claiborne. Yep, but it's probably also a nod to W C Fields or
2: (laughs) the Jets. And
0: then he's got Hump Freeze on the back. (laughs) (laughs) I really sounds like
2: an sounds like an advertisement. I
1: really want to like find someone who would knit that for me because I would wear
0: the fuck out
1: of that, wouldn't I? It's hot. I'm sure
0: you would. You would. Oh my God. Like, I'm sure you could find someone on Etsy, right? If you just, like, send some stills of it and be like, Make what's it going to cost to, like, pattern this up, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my God. People would just call me Humphreys, and I wouldn't be too upset about that, actually.
0: Haga Humphreys?
1: They call me Haga Humphreys. So, uh...
0: I can believe <laughs> that. <laughs> Mr. Humphreys starts describing uh, the Punch and Judy show, right? Um... Mr. Lucas is asking for the scripts, and he reminds them, well, you all know the story. There are no scripts. You just ad- ad-lib it the entire time, right? Yeah. So the, pri- the, the main character is Punch, um, and he's going to be played by Mr. Lucas. He has a very distinctive voice, right, that I tried my best to imitate during the sponsor gag That's in the, the beginning. That's the way to do it! That's the way to do it! Go on, I've
2: got Kyle. To get- you did you a great do job. Too. I can't
0: do it. I'll leave that Ugh. to you I've got to get the sausages! Um... So, I'm going to steal the sausages.
1: Okay, well done, everyone.
0: So, the Punch Man, um, the person who plays Punch, doesn't actually do it just with their vocal cords. They have this thing called a swazzle, which is two pieces of metal that are bound together by cotton. Okay. And the cotton is soaked in beer or water or something and you hold it in your mouth like in between like the roof of your mouth and your tongue okay and as you talk through that it makes a kazoo like noise i was
1: going to say it sounds just like a kazoo and when they did it right. at the very end of the episode i thought oh they put a kazoo in that's weird
0: no it, it's this thing called a swazzle <laughs> okay and, swazzle uh, and sounds so like something that could get you arrested in the uk in the 70s <laughs> right. a swazzle what was you done in for a swazzle let's go swazzling love <laughs> <laughs>
2: Behind the bandstand
1: uh, Swazzle the a little woo with our <laughs> Um
0: So the performer who, do, who does Punch and Judy is known as a punch man okay. But if you accidentally swallow two swazzles Then you can graduate to professor I'll keep that in mind for the future That could come <laughs> handy Was that a joke? No, that's the truth Because there's these little things that are so easy to choke on and swallow when you're holding it in your mouth.
2: You have to be very versatile to be able to do this.
0: (laughs) Did they mention anyone specifically? (laughs) I thought you were making a bad joke, but no. No, no. It's very common for punch men to swallow these swazzles accidentally. Say that
2: three times fast. Brandon and I just have a dirty mind. (laughs) That's crazy
1: town.
0: Okay. The other main character is Judy, who is the ingenue, the waif, the love interest of Punch. Ingenue. And she's going to be, yeah, ingenue. Um, she's going to be played by Miss Brahms.
1: And I love that Mrs. Slocum was like, well, I need the part as senior salesperson. And then, oh, well, you have to kiss Mr. Lucas. You can have the part, Miss Brahms.
0: You can have the part, Miss Brahms. Um, there's the butcher who's going to be played by Mr. Goldberg, Mm -hmm. who takes a little bit of offense because the whole joke here is that he is that the butcher sells pork sausages. Right. Mr. Goldberg is Jewish. They're not kosher. As a
1: kid, I all of this went straight over my head. There's really no thing that Mr. Goldberg has done to identify himself as Jewish except his last
0: name.
2: Right in, in this
0: episode? No, no, no. That's not true at all. Right? Is it? So, um, well, in his I mean, very, there's a
2: lot of jokes at least. Yeah, um, in
0: his in his very first episode, uh, where we introduced him, we talked about how Alfie, Alfie Bass, as the actor, yeah. made reference to his Jewish culture through the humor, right? But that, but I, I mean, I, I guess you're right. You know, there, there's the the joke is the name itself, right? because he's never referenced going to synagogue or having, or keeping kosher or, wearing or y- anything a yarmulke or anything.
1: Yeah, I, right. just it's as a kid, I just, the name. why does he not want to be a butcher? Like, is it like no. seen as low class or something? I don't know. Mm. Eh, who knows? Uh,
0: there's the devil and the hangman who are going to be played simultaneously by Captain Peacock. And then Mr. Slocum is going to play the policeman. Because police they needed person. someone
1: to scare the children. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so they get into a quick change into their costumes. And Mr. Rumble decides that he's going to play the piano. And so we get the bit where he keeps interrupting with the music and uh, annoying Mr. Humphreys. Mr. Rumble. Mr. Rumble. Mr.
1: Rumble. I think it's Bye, so Rumble. cute. It gets a little old. But the fact that Mr. Rumbled, like uh, Nicholas Smith, can actually play the goddamn piano very well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So cool.
0: So uh, Mrs. Slocum, as the police, as the constable is what they usually call it, uh, starts hitting Mr. Lucas over the head with her truncheon. And so um, a truncheon is also known as a slapjack. Mm -hmm. And it is a leather strap that has a weight in it that's used um as a baton so it's not a Ooh. stick form but it's used to okay. beat. and because it's got it's made of leather it's a little floppy in its appearance when you hit it a little star in the water will, will
2: cure that problem <laughs> what right what happens if you flute it
0: <laughs> that is I a good question steaming steven <laughs> we're
1: such nerds but that's why you listen to shows like this um, this is great <laughs>
0: Miss yeah. <laughs> Brahms as the Judy character is supposed to have a child, but the toy department ran out of uh, Betsy Wetsies. You know, I guess I went to go to the putty. Yes, uh, was all sold out, so she has to use a chimpanzee doll. And Mr. Kyle, you had an interesting theory about the use of the chimpanzee doll and its impact today.
2: Yeah, so I don't, and it could have nothing to do with it. But when I was watching this with uh, Thomas, my roommate, last night like I said, this is only the second or third time I've actually seen this episode um, Mm. because it never aired on my local PBS station. You know, that was the only way I watched it for the longest time. And so we were trying to figure out reasons that um, it would have not been shown. It would have been censored here for whatever reason. Um, And we're like, well, you know, the frequent Jewish jokes, maybe there was something in the end scene that was offensive. Mm. And then Thomas brought up, you know, was it the, the chimp baby? You know, like could that be considered offensive? I don't know. You know, I guess I could call the local station and ask them. But
0: Th- that's a really good question because I don't think that um, I don't think that people probably would have put two and two together and drew that connection until recent times about right. about the chimpanzee baby. Um, if I had to hazard a guess, I think that the reason why you might not have seen it over the air, it might be a little bit more innocent. Maybe it's because this was a Christmas special and it wasn't part of the regular series that it didn't get licensed out as you know hmm, part of the good, package to the idea. PBS station.
2: It could be. Oh. We've seen the other Christmas specials. Oh, okay. Um, the only the only two that I have not seen are for sure are Roots and mm-hmm. um, for obvious reasons. Yes. Yeah. And this one, um, but I don't know. You know, I, I wonder know. if
1: it's a cultural thing. I wonder if like Americans in general have no freaking idea what Punch and Judy is. So like watching the episode, yeah, like, like what if you what if the episode was a Mickey Mouse and you ha- you don't know there's a cartoon mouse? Well, what is this about? Maybe that was it. But it if you be if you wanted to,
2: to, if you
1: wanted to you know, hit up the um, PBS station and if they answer you, that would be really cool to learn. So go go ask them. That's a good question.
2: Yeah, I might send them an email actually hmm. once we're done with the podcast. Once I come back to Tennessee from
0: uh, the boardroom at the North <laughs> Pacific Call you know, Center. There you go. Right. Second-class megabus, you know, on Grace Brothers' uh, <laughs> travel agency, right? Yes. So, all right, so here's the plot of the Punch and Judy story, right? Okay, lay it on. Punch has to go off to buy sausages. sausages! And so he uh, kisses his wife or his girlfriend, kiss. whatever, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, and both the Punch and the Judy characters have these comically long noses and these comically long chins. So Brahms and Lucas get them interlocked and almost lock noses, right? Um, the devil... Uh, P- Punch doesn't have any money, so the devil suggests that he steal the sausages. Except that you get it in Captain Peacock's posh voice. Oh, Mr. Punch, why don't you steal the sausages if you don't have any money, right?
1: <laughs> and Mr. Humphrey says having none
0: of it. No. You've got to scare the children, and so then he becomes this great Shakespearean character, right? Yeah. Mr. Punch, in this world, there are haves and have-nots, and you are a have-not. <laughs> Meanwhile... Mr. Lucas as Punch is reacting to what he's saying. Oh, all right, he's putting his head like laying it down yeah. on the on the stage.
2: He did an excellent job as Punch. I loved Mr. Lucas as I gotta Punch.
1: I got to say what's really cool and I've not watched the whole Punch and Judy. Maybe on the Facebook page I'll like find a YouTube and like so you can actually watch the real thing. But as as the the, the, the the staff are playing life size punch duty, remember these
0: right. are these are puppets. These are like little hand puppets. So Which th- are all played all characters are played by one person, by the way. I don't think we talked oh, about I that. Oh, I didn't there's realize one, that. there's one punch man who does all six characters at once.
1: Oh well that's even cooler. Which
0: is why which is why he has to have the swazzle he has to move the swazzle around in his mouth. To get the punch voice. Which is why he versus, can swallow it. Which is why he can swallow it. Or swazzle yeah.
1: it or whatever. Um, <laughs> no, that makes more sense. So, yeah, it's like, um, so if you remember that these characters are supposed to be like little puppets, right? Maybe like, I don't know, six, seven, yeah. eight inch, inches tall. Uh, lucky for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did that. So what? The, if you notice the swallow. way that um, Trevor Bannister is like flailing his body around. Right. Remember, the, he's imitating a little tiny puppet. And you see the puppet at the very end before the big song and dance number. So the reason he's, like, throwing his head <laughs> on, like, the shelf thing where his feet go is because that's what the puppeteers do with the punch doll. And they throw right. his head against the side because there are these, like, anime, like. The puppets are not expressive at all. They don't even have like mouths that open um, open and close like Kermit. So to get emotion or to like show action, they like throw these dolls all over the place. So that's why he looks like he's like self flagellating himself in some passionate (laughs) religious experience. That's what they do. So it's cool that he does that, which is really impressive.
0: We see the constable come in and start beating the devil with her truncheon because he's an accessory <laughs> before the fact, suggesting that uh, Mr. Punch commit the act of theft. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Mr. Rumbold keeps playing the piano, right? So we can start to see Mr. Humphreys get a little annoyed at the interruptions. And not now. And he'll you know, promise to tell him when it's time to play the piano. And he's so
2: sweet about it. I just it. want to say, Happy. I love with... <laughs> I love when Mrs. Slocum goes, he's an accessory before the fact. <laughs> and <that> stupid little <laughs> Almost like whistle. Almost like that judge voice,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Punch goes and knocks on the butcher's door and we see uh, Mr. Goldberg come back and they have a tug of war with the sausages, right? Give me back my sausages. <laughs> the constable beats Punch for not waiting in the queue. And uh, Punch says, well, Mr. Lucas says, well, there isn't a queue. And Mr. Goldberg takes it personally, (laughs) like all of the senior salesmen tend to do when they have to play a part. Do you think I'm running an unsuccessful shop that there's no queue? (laughs) It's a callback to when Mr. Granger really wanted to buy the gloves.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I was just about to say,
0: oh, I miss Mr. Granger. Punch steals the sausages. The butcher won't let go. They've got a tug of war. Rumbold keeps on playing the piano. And then Humphrey bursts into unintelligible tears, right? He does that thing where he says, in tears, right? So
1: cute. And he um, makes his little his little mouth contorts into a frown, which yeah. is like so John Inman. It's so sweet. Yeah. Uh,
0: he does that TV trope where he blows his nose in Mr. Rumble's handkerchief yeah. and then gives it back to him, right? <laughs>
2: That was such an odd little aside. I, I haven't you, have, you don't see that interaction between Mr. Humphreys and Mr. Rumble in any other episode, I don't think. You're right.
0: That's true. You don't really see them. You only see them interacting when he's, um, Mr. Humphreys is defending Mr. Lucas or defending Captain Peacock when they're going to get in mm-hmm. trouble. You don't really see the two of them interact one-on-one,
1: right? And it was cute, like, you know, my our theory said before on the episode is that, um maybe a couple seasons back is that mr humphries was clearly the star of the show right um well he wasn't supposed to be remembered right but as he got i mean he walked on stage and the the crowd stands up and cheers you know at this point in season eight so the whole this is sort of like a vehicle for his character really this whole episode um the scene where he's like emotionally broken down and he just can't can't go on, can't go on. He's he's done this a couple of episodes. The one where they all have to, uh, Lady will Smith. That episode when <laughs> right. he's the the chef. Um, <laughs> Lady Weebleyble Smith. Yes, uh, one of the best. Uh, yeah, but it's cute to see how sweet Cap- uh, Mr. Rumbold is.
0: Yeah, I agree. So all of the characters start start squabbling at once. Mr. Humphreys can't take it. <laughs> and then we fast forward to the day of the show where they're putting on the children's party and we see a punch, in, a punch puppet, right? So they forked out the money to hire a real punch man. Right?
1: And you can see they only... This is a very tough scene to shoot because they had an entire song and dance that was very timed to the music. They only gave like... Probably five seconds to the punch and Judy setup, right? And the the puppet got caught because they have these legs, right? That the the the, the characters had too, but like the pup, the puppet, it got caught. So then the puppet had to like unhook his legs to, yep. <laughs> and then you couldn't even see the thing because they had to cut to the big song and dance number, which was a little. Tricky. It was
0: just a you know, it was a, just to establish that they decided to scrap the life-size Punch and Judy to do the kid's number instead, and then they got a real Punch Man, right? And So So if you notice,
2: when everybody darts out, I I laugh because uh, if you notice, when Mrs. Slocum runs out, it's like the camera is shocked by her, and there's like a bounce and a change in the scene. Or the floor is shaking or something.
0: So why do you think that they chose to do a song and dance to kids from Bye Bye Birdie? Like, what is the significance of that in relation to the show? Right? Because they, that's not a song that they would sing to entertain a bunch of children. Well, remember, right? <laughs> the,
1: the, the age of the audience intended for the show was probably... I agree.
0: That's what it you is. Know. And right? Bye
1: Bye Birdie, uh, if you've watched Mad Men, you, you realize
0: how... I'm glad you thought... I'm glad you brought that up. I'm, I was going to talk about that too. Yeah, but
1: like, huge, huge movie. I, i've not seen it i know send your hate mail to me um does it matter? <laughs> b-r-a there, yeah b-r-a um but yeah I, I think um if you if you also think about like the punk scene is coming up and you see that with mr goldberg's costume yep and later yep. with mr Humphreys and mrs slocum on the cb radio radio thing they do yep. um yep.
2: i think <laughs> if you a were an like,
1: an older person in the in the bbc audience uh, and you see, like the punk. Mo- this is 1979, I think. So yep. yeah, like people are thinking kids today are completely different. So kids.
0: yeah, and this was this song was performed for the audience, not for the theoretical children. Yeah. In uh, that's the what show,
1: I think. Right? But what were you going to yeah. say about Mad Men? Re-
0: that's a recent cultural touchstone that is on Bye Bye Bur- uh That Bye Bye Birdie is related to, right? Yeah. So the whole the whole plot of Bye Bye Birdie is that a pop singer um, has to go off to war. You think about when Elvis got sent off to war and and all that. Right. And so it's, it's all about um, all of the kids in one town um, are vying to have his goodbye concert held at their high school. Right. Like an American bandstands type show. Right. And so the, the song Bye Bye Birdie is about the pop singer that's leaving now in uh, in Mad Men, the story arc was that they were pitching a new kind of diet cola, yeah, and they wanted to say goodbye to sugar, and Bye Bye Birdie being very topical, having only come out you know maybe ten years earlier than when mm-hmm. the 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 story arc was set. They wanted to do. They wanted to do a parody or a send up of the song "Bye Bye Birdie" about "Bye Bye Sugar" and have an Anne Margaret type sing it, like mm-hmm. yo yellow yellow bikini, very sexy but still wholesome. a little innocent, yeah. wholesome, wholesome but sexy. Mm-hmm. And the whole tr- the whole uh, point of the story arc is that Peggy Olson is like, why are we having this wholesome, sexy woman? be the face of Patio. Your customer is housewives. They don't want to be, they don't want to ogle this sexy woman and they don't want to be the sexy woman. They just want to be slim housewife, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, it's, it's this whole concept of who is this song really for? Who is this audience, re, you know, really for? And oh, I thought it was really interesting So you, do see a you parallel picked up between on that as well.
1: And this episode.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And this isn't the, so this isn't the first time that we've drawn parallels between... Um, Mad Men and here, even though Mad Men was set 15 years earlier. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: you think about Are You Being Served? I mean, part of the comedy and the world that they create, uh, Croft and Lloyd, is this artificially backward, old-fashioned space where it might yep. be 1976, but it might as well be 1961. Do you yep. know
0: what I mean? And and we see that in the revival, in the one-off revival. Where it's supposed to be 1986, but they're still exactly the same yeah, way as they were exactly. in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's our episode, folks. Yay. Uh, Mr. Kyle, what did you think of this episode?
2: Uh, it was, it's not one of my favorites, but I really same. love the, um, the like, expositions of Mr. Lucas and Mr. Humphreys. You know, it seems like they were utilized very heavily in this episode. It was, yep. it was a fun episode. Yep. Um, the ending scene threw me for a loop. I'm not going to lie, um, <laughs> but after after having this discussion, it, it registers a little more clearly. Um, I enjoyed it though. I it's not one of the ones I dislike. You know, I
0: think everyone has episodes that they dislike. What's your dislike? Come on, give us a hot take
2: uh well i'm sure none of you share the same opinion but is it catching is
0: probably my least favorite episode. <gasps> okay that's the one that, that we're going to do that's, next that's the next show and that's actually one of mr brandon's favorites it's it's a, a i rated it a <laughs> meh i rated two meh up but, i like um, stuff
1: i like comedy that's just stupid like so impossible like, Ren and Stimpy. I
2: love Ren and Stimpy because it's just stupid. You know, I love The Hold Up, which is another one that people often say yep. is the worst. I love The Hold Up because it's...
0: Who says it as the worst?
2: I've seen it on some of the arguing You the fan sort of Facebook pages? pages and stuff. How dare um, you, people. But, you know, I like it because it's, you know, it's towards the end of the run of the show. I think everyone knows that, but... The way the staff... You can tell they had fun filming it and that they were all together, you know. I could tell it was a blast to film, even though it's so outlandish. I
1: used to feel like you do, Kyle, about the song and dance number. Like, I think back in the day... Remember, this was, like, an older crowd. um, They probably were in high school in, like, the late 50s. So, you know, back then, like, Bye Bye Birdie would have been a big movie. Um, even Bollywood today, if you don't have a big song and dance number, like they will not see it. But for whatever reason, we just read that as like old fashioned. And it is because in the American film and and stuff that, that went away as I've gotten older, I relate to, to the acting and the actors. Like what would it have been like to be Frank Thornton play this guy? And apparently Frank Mm. Thornton was like a super sweetheart, you know? And like all Mm -hmm. of these people are really nice. The actors. Um, but when you see him come out in his, like, little boy sailor outfit, <laughs> how cute yes. is he? Like, he's loving it. And, like, each each of these actors have such a great opportunity to really show another side of themselves that, I mean, Mrs. Slocum, uh, Molly Well, we've in. already
0: seen her dress like a little Alice I know, four, but she's like loving it. Before. She's having such a – yeah. and then
1: you see uh, Arthur Bro. You know, um, Arthur English, nope. Mr. Harmon come out, and he's like a little kid, and it's so yep. cute. And and they don't. We really see Mr. Do Humphreys
0: as like little Lord Fauntleroy, his third costume of the day. I with know his, Mr.
1: Humphreys comes out, and he's yeah. got these cute little, very very calf. Cathian hair from Kath and Well, and
2: people forget that like this is a very formally trained like acting troupe like these yep. are like the cream of the crop you know i've people have discussed on some of the other like the forums and the facebook pages you know they're like oh it's so cute i'm sure they're ad-libbing and all of this and i'm sure the reality was quite the opposite you know i'm sure yep. they did when they had to but you know this was a very formally executed show with very talented actors and actresses yeah you know? and
1: i've been watching a lot of um The Hollywood Reporter, um, which is like a a magazine for Hollywood. I didn't really know what it was before. But with Lockdown, I've been watching a lot of their um, roundtable discussions with actors and stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So check it out. It's really good stuff. And they talk about the act of acting. And Americans on one table, there's like maybe eight people, nine people each episode. And half of them were British. Half of them were American. And the Americans say, you know, for some reason, like... British people love theater and Americans love acting and films. And the British people respond well, that's because you have Hollywood in your backyard. And people yeah. gobble you up and take you into the cinema in, in a movie sets. But in Britain, we have the stage because it's there. So all of these actors from Are You Being Served, like John Inman did Pantomime, Panto... Until like a couple years before he died, maybe even yep. the, day, the year he died. So like they just have lots of practice and experience of doing different things, and you know I think that makes them a little bit more seasoned and able to be versatile. Like we learned, Mister Humphreys wondered about. To do.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but I mean, it's, it's a, a great way to a, be. It's a cute episode, and I don't know if I have one I dislike. I I, I will I will run contrary to your theory, Mister Jeff. They're
2: all golden. <laughs> So, well, I say I have ones that I dislike. I it, there would never be a point where I would choose not to watch one. Oh, of course, I'll, I'll not. say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Redemption so, has
1: been achieved. Well done, Neil. <laughs> Thank you.
0: We have to say goodbye to Mr. Lucas and Mr. Goldberg and Miss Bakewell in this episode because they're not coming back oh. for next season. Um, none of them died. Uh, This isn't the same uh, fate as Arthur Brough. Um, Trevor Bannister got a part uh, in the West End, and he wasn't able to resolve the scheduling with the start of Season 8, and so he took the West End job because it, frankly, paid more money. And I Hmm. think he also probably saw the writing on the wall that, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't going to be a show that was going to run forever.
1: And he's not the one that he's like, it's, it's the John Inman vehicle. It's not going exactly. to ever be. It's not, it was supposed him.
0: to be his vehicle yeah. and it didn't turn out that way. And, you know, seven series is a very long time for a British show at that yeah. time. So it makes perfect sense that he would want to exit at that point. So. Um, but we do get to meet next week, uh, Mr. Grossman, Mr. Spooner, and old Mr. Grace in next week's episode. Oh,
1: we've already said goodbye to young Mr. Grace and old no, Mr. Grace. No, 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 oh. no, We don't. Not no. totally.
0: Season eight has both young and old oh. for the entire season. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that makes me excited because um, yeah. I, I love young Mr. Grace. So I, I haven't emotionally prepared for his
0: departure yet. <laughs> You don't. You don't have to be. Oh you can God. hold off for another. I'll couple unclutch
1: weeks. my pearls. Right. There. And, no, and as, again. as
0: Mr. As Mr. Brandon said, we are talking about the series eight premiere next week. Is it catching? Marine's disease. Oh, I know. I
1: should have kept my hands off those winkles. and yes we'll explain what the hell I knew someone
2: would ask that (laughs) of course Mr. Humphreys gets the contagious disease yeah
1: I will say when I was in England I did see a dish that had Winkles in it I'm like oh Marine's disease
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so Mr. Kyle thank you very much for joining us on the show this week we hope you had a lot of fun it was a
2: blast thank you all so much for having me I Love y'all's podcast you all have done here i'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the British language <laughs> here but y'all have done very well <laughs> with the creation I of this think podcast. y'all is in the
1: British vernacular but I like you did it in your Memphisonian way
2: young Mr. Grace is you know rolling over in his grave <laughs>
0: <part>. <laughs> well thank you thank, thank you, very you Mr. Much, Kyle. Mr. Kyle. You know, it's all because of fans like you that we we keep going, uh, doing this show week after week. The, that so does we're, suit Madam
1: Silo Compound does not pay for itself. <laughs> so without your monthly contributions, that's right, just before ninety nine a week will uh, will sponsor your <laughs> podcast co host.
0: Cue Sally Struthers, six right? and fourteen a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and if if you have something to say about the show, or you want to be a guest host like Mister Kyle you can get in touch with us on Facebook or Twitter or write us an old-fashioned email at thatdoessuitmadam with an E at gmail.com or you can call the Peacock Hotline at 662-PEACOCK. That's 662-732-2625. And with that unanimous, we will tell you, you've all done very well. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening
1: that does suit madam is not endorsed by the bbc and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only are you being served as a copyrighted program of the bbc stealing sausages is a punishable crime